Welcome to Dodgers Homestand, your behind-the-scenes look at what makes the Dodgers Stadium experience so special for baseball fans and ball players alike. A unique perspective on Dodgers baseball from someone who's there for every home game and who has one of the best seats in the house. And now, your host, the public address announcer for the Los Angeles Dodgers, the voice of God in blue heaven on earth, Todd Lights. Hey, yes, it is me, Todd Lights, the public address announcer for the Los Angeles Dodgers, introducing myself. Um, I'll see if I can uh, get somebody else to introduce me coming up. But, you know, I'm the PA announcer, so, you know, I'm going to go ahead and introduce myself, at least for now, until I can get some big name or somebody to uh, kick off the show for you. But I did get Dieter Rule to play some of that beautiful organ music that you hear. Thanks for stopping by to the PA booth here at Dodger Stadium. Cleaning crews are coming through here. You can hear the sounds of crunching cans and stomping peanuts as they uh, they work through the seats here at Dodger Stadium. Cleaning up after the fans, 45,000 of whom were out here to watch the Dodgers lose to the Diamondbacks tonight 2-1. to one. A tight game. Uh, Dustin May pitched seven innings and didn't give up a run. But then in the uh, eighth inning, Alex Vesia came in, and the Diamondbacks kind of blew their wad with their uh, three straight pinch hitters, one of whom hit a two-run home run, and that was uh, Kyle Lewis, who pinch hit, hit a two-run blast. And that was all the scoring. Mookie Betts hit a home run in the seventh inning, the bottom of the seventh, and uh, the Dodgers fell to the Diamondbacks 2-1. to one. So the Dodgers are 1-1 one one on the season. And there were some bright spots tonight, but it was one of those games where runs were few and far between and hard to come by, and the Diamondbacks just got that big hit when they needed it, and the Dodgers were not able to. The uh, Diamondbacks got some pretty good pitching from Dre Jamison, who's a, a young pitcher and really uh, seemed to befuddle the Dodgers most of the night and really pitched a good game. He came in in relief and pitched several innings. Uh, but a good game overall, good baseball out there. The Diamondbacks, two runs on seven hits, no errors for your Dodgers. One run, five hits, and no errors. Really cool game. We uh, had our very first, what they call the Friday night light show here at Dodger Stadium. Normally, we have fireworks on Friday nights. But for the first time ever, we had a drone show. And it included 400 drones flying in formation above the center field area here in Dodger Stadium, uh, projecting cool images and shapes, um, doing uh, pictures of a batter swinging the bat and hitting the ball, um, you know, the Major League Baseball logo, Jackie Robinson sliding into home plate, uh, various Dodger logos and things like that. It really had kind of the wonder of a fireworks show without all the explosions and stuff. And uh, I'm told that there's going to be five... Uh, drone shows here overall over the course of the season and the biggest one of all will be for Fernando Valenzuela's uh, number retiring ceremony in August and that will include 1,000 drones flying in formation and creating various images in the dark night sky a very very cool thing to see and thousands of fans flooded the field uh, the outfield of Dodger Stadium to see the show 
But here's a pro tip. You know, if you're going to go down to the field to see the drone show, uh, don't go too deep into the outfield because it'll be harder for you to see. Really, I would think that uh, we up here in uh, the press box level at Dodger Stadium, I think we had the best view of the drone show uh, because we had a little bit of perspective on it. You could really see the shapes and stuff. And if you're down on the field too close to the outfield fences, you're looking up and it might have been hard to see the images. So I, I noticed a lot of people kind of flooding out toward the center field plaza in order to uh, see if they could get a better view. But I think all in all, the drone show was pretty successful. And, you know, something new. It's something cool. Even the Diamondback players were kind of lingering outside the dugout to uh, watch the show as it, as it progressed. This was game two of our season, of our regular season. The Dodgers are now one and one uh, on the season. And, uh, you know, after the headiness of opening night last night, um, this was more of what we would think of as kind of a routine game. But, you know, they're all special in their own way. One thing I, I didn't mention in, in uh, last night's podcast, which I really, you know, I, I guess I must have been tired. I was here uh, all day long and through the game into the night. And I forgot to mention that uh, we had a really cool anthem performance uh, for, uh, for the opening day. And Keith Williams Jr., who's been here 20-plus times singing, he's a gospel singer, and he has got an amazing voice. Um, he, when he hits that high note at the end of the song, um, you know, he goes up into a falsetto that's, you know, almost Mariah Carey-like, and in, in it, in it really kind of just brings down the house. What was really cool about it was that as he hit those notes at the end of the anthem, uh, we had two jets flying over, an F-35 and an F-22, both of them out of uh, some of the flight test wings in uh, the Antelope Valley up at Edwards Air Force Base. Um, and a lot goes into those flyovers because they don't just happen um, on time. It takes a lot, of, a lot of timing and a lot of planning to make sure that those jets come flying over the stadium at precisely the right time. So we spent a lot of time uh, before the game yesterday uh, going through the intro leading up to the singing of the anthem, how long... Uh, the singing of the anthem would take and when the jets would hit Dodger Stadium and fly over us, roaring over Dodger Stadium and Chavez Ravine, just as, as the final notes of the national anthem played and the rocket's red glare flew up into the air and uh, it was quite, uh, quite perfect timing. A lot goes into that with several different people. We have a grounds crew or of the flight crew that come in here and they, um, they actually sit up on the tower right behind home plate, uh, way up at the top of the park. And they're spotting and communicating with the Jets and communicating with each other. But it all has to be timed out. And um, our senior engineer, Tom Darren, and uh, our crew here work really hard to make sure that that timing all goes off without a hitch. And it depends, you know, what kind of aircraft is flying over here. We've had World War II era Aircraft, you know, those are propeller-driven aircraft. We've had big C-130 transport planes flying over here. And then, of course, uh, some supersonic jets like the F-35 and F-22. And I always get a kick out of meeting the flight crews. You know, these guys are lieutenant colonels and majors and stuff like that in the Air Force. And they come in there. They're just regular guys, you know. They're obviously just, just people. 
but um, you know, you, you kind of want to stand a little straighter and salute them and thank them for their service and stuff. And they're kind of joking around and they're, they're kind of happy to meet us and happy to be here. So it's kind of a fun mutual admiration show whenever I get to meet, uh, meet some of these, these, you know, serious, serious people that come here to make sure that these flyovers go well. And, and yesterday's went really well. And I would, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, mention that because like I said, a lot of planning goes into making sure that goes off just in time. And we've had a couple where, um, you know, the, the air, the, the aircraft didn't quite make it to the right point at the right time. And it, it seemed a little awkward and stuff. So, um, there's a lot that goes into trying to make sure that that all happens at the right time. So I'm glad that I had a chance to write that wrong because I was a little loopy last night, unfortunately, for my very first episode of my podcast. Uh, but I thought I should mention that because it was a really uh, a really thrilling thing. And what I also found out was that our you know a lot of our pregame show was on the television last night on Spectrum Sportsnet. They carried all of the introductions of the starting lineup, which is always a thrill for me because. Um, you know, that's, that's, a, that's kind of my time to, time to shine. And, and, you know, I introduced everybody from the traveling secretary who's actually called the, I don't think he's called the, you know, the head of, of travel for, for the Dodgers down to, you know, the soft tissue, um, trainers and the, and the performance chefs and the mental health skills coach, um, all the different people that, that are part of the Dodgers organization right down to all of course all the players and then the starting lineups and as they all run out to the the third baseline and slap hands and so forth so apparently all that was carried on tv as well as the uh ceremonial first pitch that involved our three former cy young winners oral hersheiser fernando valenzuela and eric gagne all that was carried live on the television perhaps you saw it um so that was that was pretty cool uh for me to know that uh, that they carried that live because they normally they normally don't carry our starting lineups, and that's probably one of the more thrilling uh, parts of the pregame ceremony when, you know, the fans really get going and we're able to uh, introduce who's going to be in the starting lineup. And we pretty much had the same starting lineup as we did last night, Mookie leading off in right field, Freddie Freeman playing first in the two-hole, Will Smith behind the plate um, in uh, batting third. Max Muncy was the cleanup hitter. And he did get a hit tonight after having a five-strikeout night the night before. J.D. Martinez, D.H., kind of scuffled a little bit tonight. He had three Ks. He just didn't really look very comfortable facing this kid, Dre Jameson. Uh, David Peralta looked pretty good out there. He got on base a couple times. He was hitting in the sixth spot. Uh, then Miguel Vargas at second base, hitting seventh. James Outman um, in center field, hitting eighth. And he looked really good out in the outfield again. He just seems to take uh, smart routes to the ball, and you know, balls look like they might get into the gap, and he he shows off some of his formal football uh, playing ability. Apparently, he was a really great tight end in college, and uh, you can tell that he played football by the way he tracks down balls out there. And then Miguel Rojas, the shortstop, was in the nine hole. Dustin May pitched seven scoreless innings, so he he looked he looked good, and unfortunately. Uh, Alex Vessia just served up that one home run ball. And it didn't look like that bad a pitch. It was just a nice p- piece of hitting by the Diamondback hitter. So the Dodgers did fall 2-1 to one, uh, to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, tonight was the first night we brought back the uh, kids taking the field. Um, every game we have a group of kids that are able to run out onto the field as uh, the Dodgers starting nine uh, take the field in the first inning. 
and they, the kids bring balls out there, and the guys sign them, and it's a once-in-a-lifetime chance to uh, join their favorite team as they take the field here at Dodger Stadium. Uh, we welcomed back a, a, a retired Navy lieutenant commander, also Angie Jones, who uh, was screened with, uh, she had a colorectal screening and found out that she had polyps. And she was here uh, last, uh, last Sunday with her dad, and they were kind of given what they call the blue carpet treatment. And, you know, they got a custom jersey prevented, presented by Dave Roberts, the Dodgers manager. They threw out a first pitch. Her dad was here, who's also retired Navy. And he flew in from D.C. to support her. And so this was kind of a second, uh, a second kind of a wish come true uh, for Angie. And uh, this is part of uh, UCLA Health and, and the, uh, the Blue Wish, which we will do throughout the season, presented by UCLA Health for people that have gone through medical challenges and, and life challenges and so forth to just kind of give them a, an attaboy, so to speak, um, for taking care of their health and the great job that the doctors and nurses and all the medical staff do at uh, UCLA Health. We also honored some, uh, some Little League uh, softball players, fast-pitch softball players, for the end of uh, Women's History Month. March was Women's History Month, and today's the 31st of March, the end of the month. So wrap that up. We had a Little League team uh, called the Banditas from Los Angeles and then from La Puente uh, softball. They were the Diamond Divas, and so they got a little shine on them out uh, along the center field morning track. Um, we had a great anthem singer tonight. Her name was Claire Kodara, and she's a recording artist, kind of a, uh, not a country artist. She refers to herself as kind of an Americana uh, singer, and she sang a beautiful rendition of the uh, national anthem. Uh, accompanied by our great organist here, Dieter Rule, And I hope to talk to him in an upcoming episode and talk a little bit about what he does and the magic that he weaves throughout the game. So we'll uh, have a little bit more of that. Coming up later in the podcast, I'm going to talk to one of our in-stadium hosts who are a big part of our pregame. Uh, we have uh, several of them, and they all do a great job of kind of, you know, moving throughout the stadium. They play all the games between uh, innings and stuff like um, – you know the cap shuffle, and we've got some new games this this uh, year uh, that are that are unusual and, and different. We try to change it up every year to challenge the fans to try to win free tickets to Dodger games or some merchandise or something like that. Um, and then uh, we had our ceremonial first pitch tonight uh, involved uh, Logan Paul and KSI. Uh, Logan Paul, uh, you may know, is is got millions of followers across social media platforms. These guys are internet sensations and and they're also co-owners of uh, what's become an official sports drink with the los angeles dodgers called prime hydration and uh, they came out and threw out a first pitch and uh, said it's time for dodger baseball uh, every once in a while we have uh, uh, some people that have a you know special connection to the dodgers maybe season ticket members for a long long time um, and they say it's time for dodger baseball so they got that honor tonight and uh, that was pretty cool. Our uh, military hero of the game was a, a Marine Corps sergeant named uh, Justin Calderon. And he served uh, in Hawaii um, out at the, um, the uh, Marine Corps Forces Pacific Camp H.M. Smith. And he deployed both to South Korea in support of Operation Key Resolve and to the Micronesian island of Tarawa in the Gilbert Island Group. And that's down in the South Pacific in support of Operation Kiribati. Now, when he was in South Korea, he was on the DMZ, the Demilitarized Zone, 
and he was helping out a Republic of Korea Marines in numerous joint operations, uh, mostly as a combat marksmanship coach. And you know the DMZ is what separates North Korea, uh, one of the last remaining communist uh, authoritarian nations, and South Korea, which is a republic. Um, also, while in Tarawa, down in the South Pacific, which was one site of one of the bloodiest battles of the Pacific War during World War II, um, that was just a, a brutal, brutal uh, fight there on on that atoll. Not really an island, technically. It's more of a it's more of an atoll, and I, I, I never know quite how to say that word, but. But it's a very small island, and but it was a very important strategic island to the Japanese as, as well as to the Allied forces. And a, a thousand Marines and sailors were killed over a three-day battle in uh, November of 1943, and um, 2,000 casualties as well. So uh, there was a lot of blood spilled there. And uh, Sergeant Calderon, while well, he was there, he assisted the Marine Forces Central Command by, you know, helping to find and repatriate or bring back the remains of, of uh, soldiers or Marines and sailors who were uh, killed in action uh, during during that battle uh, so many years ago. I had a chance to talk with one of our in-stadium hosts, Dave Stiles, who's been here for several years, and uh, I consider him to be one of our top hosts. He always does a great job, and he's a cool guy, and he and I are, are friends, so I uh, chose to interview him and hear a little bit about what he does. This year's a little bit different. We've got some new games and yeah. stuff. First of all, what are you looking forward to in the 2023 season for the Dodgers and your role here? I'm looking forward to hearing the shock in the crowd when they see the lights start to flicker and freak out a little bit. Because um, you'll hear a lot of, whoa, it's going to be very Hollywood. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to that reaction. But, you know, um, getting out with the fans is always the best. Always interesting after a tough ending to a, a year. Trying to build some optimism in, in the crowd and, and just remind everybody that we're all here from cities all over and for wherever else, but we're all here for one reason and it's kind of bring everybody together. So that's kind of the plan, at least for today and, and the opening week. So explain to the folks that might not know what a, a stadium host is. What, what is your what is your job here? What is your main role? Um, the, so the in stadium host is kind of it's to enhance the experience for the fans and a way to connect them to things maybe going down on the field um specifically like if someone's throwing out the first pitch or like if fallout boy is doing the anthem why are they doing it we have a chance to talk to them on the big screen and connect them to the the people sitting up in the blue seats and the yellow seats and let you know kind of make that connection i think it's we're that middle dot trying to connect the fans and the sport and looking for a way for them to relate to it um you know whether that's it's a new fan who's might be their they might be their first time being here um, or a season ticket holder who's here all the time, and we try to live in the middle between those two people where we're showing that we know stuff, but we're not being too cool for the, the people who have never been here. Just trying to connect everything together. Awesome. It's not about us. You know, we're, not, we're, the, we're the hosts in that way, but we're not a I'm the host, get me on stage. We are just that middle dot in connecting one dot to the other. That's all. What a lot of folks don't realize is that, you know, when you're down on the field and you're talking through a mic through our big center field cluster, yeah. you're getting a pretty much a pretty good delay there. I mean, it's, it's not quite a second on the field, but it's almost. Yeah. It's, what's, is, how difficult is that? It's, I never really get used to it. It's, it's like half a second, right? Maybe like a quarter of a second. I always do this thing uh, right before my first talk. I always kind of make a little noise and I'll go like, Okay. And so just for some reason, just so I can hear that back and it kind of sets me up for the whole time. 
uh, for, for the rest of the show. But you'll note, I don't know if you've ever noticed that before when I do that. Um, I'll do a quick, okay, or all right, and I'll give it a beat just so I can hear it, and, and then I'm okay, and it's out of my system. But then you have to, like, blank it out. You have to block it out completely. But if I mess up, oh, it's the worst, because if I mess up, all I'm thinking about is I wonder if they heard it, and then I kind of hear it in the in the delay. So you get a second chance so I to get, hear your flow. Exactly. Love. I yeah. get to relive it. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm up here in the booth, and yeah. I've got cans on, right. and although I can hear the delay – I'm able to really focus in on my own voice, so I'm not getting... Right. You don't have that luxury down no. there. No, I've learned just to kind of try to block it out. And when I'm working with somebody else, I try to watch them. And if I can't hear them, maybe try to watch their lips and you know pick up a little from what they're saying. Otherwise, I'm, I'm just hearing the speakers because they're so loud. But it's definitely an adjustment, but it's not something I ever get used to. I have to adjust each game for yeah. it, for sure. And when I'm interviewing somebody all the time, I'll tell them, listen to me, not the speakers. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so you you went like celebrities who come in here. Yeah, have you ever had a celebrity who just was so flummoxed by the delay that that it just ruined everything? They they are always kind of thrown off by it, but they cover it up well, and they they say it at the end when we're off mic, and they'll be, they'll say like, "Oh my god, how do you guys even do that?" But they you know as long as I tell them just focus on me, try to ignore that, then right. it helps. Right. Yeah, for sure. But you know how it is with people; they want to listen to their own voice yep. up there. And- you know, that's yeah, when, that's when they really need to, you know, concentrate yeah. on keeping some a, a coherent thought going. And that's up to me. That's up to me to try to keep them, you know, reel them in and, and try to keep them focused. So well. you always you always give them a little preamble yep. before you go live. Every time, even contestants, I tell them just listen. You're going to hear a little delay. Just listen to me. Mm. Pay attention to me, and I try to get them out of it. So yeah, I mean, sounds, that's my sounds job. like a radio guy just. Pay attention to me. Yeah, just me, right. Only listen to the only sound. Only focus of my on voice. me. Well, it's funny, like for for radio, like when people call in on a live show and they will have the radio on in no. the background and they right. will hear that delay as well, and it sounds awkward. It's mm-hmm. awful for the listener to have to listen for them fumbling around. So, my job as the quote host is to eliminate that because it's not fun for the people in the stands to watch us fumble around about a, a delay. So, I, I I make sure they know. Listen to me. Pay attention to me. Right. So, anything else you want to add about your role here, about this upcoming season, anything about the Dodgers you want to talk about? It's just you know being here for eleven years. I don't know how many games that is that I've done. Um, it's just it, I'm learning something new every time, and I try to treat it and respect the team, the fans, the diehards and stuff. It's the most important thing to me is to respect what's in front of me, and no matter what I'm doing, whatever I need to learn to talk about, I always. Do I always try to learn a couple extra things on top of it as well? Just, just it's, it's so important to respect the Dodgers, and, and it's such a, a, a beloved team that uh, you know it's my job to do that. I have to, and I have to learn how to say guys' names right. That's the hardest part, by yeah. the way. Well, you always come to me if you need it. I do, I do. I do that, or I YouTube, and we have a lot of names this season that I kind of had to go through. A There's little bit. one guy on the roster I, don't, I haven't picked up yet. Which so one is it? I can help you out. I, uh, he's one of the relief pitchers. It's like okay, Zayer Heiser. Or, I, I don't. I, I haven't. Uh, I haven't picked up on him yet. Yeah, there's a few of them. There's a few of them I had to YouTube and find some uh, interviews and highlights from when they did college college ball and stuff. But but that's part of it. You know what? You have to respect the team and respect the fans and respect the game. And that's my job to to know these things. And and maybe fans are looking to people in our position to learn how to say these names. So it's an important role, but it's not a featured role. I'm just a little dot connecting the other two. That's really it. Yeah. So. And who's the best uh, PA announcer in the bigs? 
Um, any specific area or, you know what, I only know one PA announcer name and it's the only name that matters and that's Todd Lights. That's right. L-E-I-T-Z is how you spell it. Um, the best. That was a little self-serving a question of mine, but uh, great. Yeah, this is it's my an, podcast. It's so. an important role and you know what I love to do and I mean, you know this, it's, it, it's for me, it's, it's, even I do this on social media, it's all about access. You know, I'm lucky enough to be back here to watch you and DJ Severe and Dieter Rule and these guys w- do work. A view that fans don't get to see. And I think it's important for them to not be so passive, maybe about that voice that they're hearing at every game. Because they may not think about it. It's like, that's a live, actual person. This is not a recording. This is a person who's sitting above home plate, watching the game, invested in the game. And... Uh, I love to bring attention to you, and I'll point them out and go, listen, he's right above where it says, welcome to Dodger Stadium, and you stand up and wave. I just think it's an important part. You, you are a more important part of this team than you realize. I always appreciate yeah. that. Not only just the team, but you're part of the experience. We, we, we hear you when you're walking in. We hear when you're walking out. The, the to Thank you for coming to Dodger Stadium. Please be quiet for the neighbors. It, it's a voice that's it's, it's part of the experience, and I think it's important for people to know that this is a, an actual human that's here at every game. And that's why I want to do this podcast. I want to kind of like lift the veil of what happens behind the scenes yeah. from our vantage point here at Dodger Stadium. And I, I think that's something that I haven't heard about. And it's, it's something I want to do with this podcast. It's so, cool. It's a whole view that people, you know, they get in the seats. And like you said, it's just the players on the field and whatever happens within the foul, within the foul lines, you know. But there's a whole different world on the other side. Sure. And there's I, a I lot loved, that goes into what we yeah. do. And, you know, you, got, you just came out of a big meeting. Uh, where every sh- camera shot, everything is planned out, yeah. timed out to the second. And I think a lot of people know that. So, no. Like what 7-10 game today, what time do you get here normally for a 7-10 game? I, I don't like to be dealing with traffic or, or fighting my way in, so I come probably earlier than I need to. Right. I usually get here about 2.30, 3 right. o'clock. But during that time, you are learning to say the other team's names right. There might be players on the Rockies or the Diamondbacks or the, you know, whatever. So you are taking the time to respect those players and yeah. those away teams enough to learn their names. So you're in there. You're taking notes. And it's, each game is, you know, you're not taking any of this for granted. No. It's, it's, it might be game 500 for you, maybe probably actually more, but it's still, it's today. <coughs> you have to do good today. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for spending a few minutes with me, Yeah, buddy. man. Did we get that? Do we hit roll? Was that a rehearsal? Oh, I wasn't rolling. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess I was rolling after all. That's Dave Styles. He was on the air, Kiss FM 104.3. And coming up, he's going to have uh, another gig here in L.A. at a pretty cool heritage radio station. We can't talk about it just yet, but you'll hear him on the air uh, coming up real soon. And, of course, you can see him right here at Dodger Stadium. So, hey, that's all we got for you tonight on Dodgers Homestand. I'm Todd Lights, your host. Thanks for stopping by the PA booth. And the Dodgers will be back at it tomorrow night for game three of this four-game series against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Dodgers fall to the D-backs 2-1 to tonight. But we'll be back at it once again tomorrow and Sunday as well. And we hope to see you at the ballpark. Thank you for listening to Dodgers Homestand with stadium announcer Todd Lights, taking you behind the scenes at Chavez Ravine and giving you a bird's eye view of Dodgers baseball both on and off the field. Join us for our next episode, and if you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts.